This is Talking Dirty, Get Gardening's podcast for plant lovers. The video version is available on our Get Gardening YouTube channel, so you can head over there if you want to see our ugly mugs, and there are pictures of the plants there as well. There are full plant lists on our Twitter and Instagram at Get Gardening Now, so go check those out. But without further ado, let's start Talking Dirty. Hello and welcome to episode 90 of Talking Dirty. Alan Gray uh, got the baby blue memo again. He's looking all powdery <laughs> blue on this lovely warm day. Our happy and handsome horticulturist over at East Rustenall Vicarage. And there is thought is Maria Sophia Fredrickson in her jolly stripy green sweater, looking absolutely fantastic. I tell you one thing, I'm so envious because our guest today, not only has he got a surprise up his sleeve, but he's also had rain and we have not. Us over in East Anglia, absolutely parched. And over in Leeds at the glorious Yorkgate Garden, we have their current head gardener. More on that in just a second. Ben Preston, welcome back to the podcast. Hello, hello. hello. <laughs> and you have had much precipitation, even this morning. We have. We've had a lot of precipitation. And it's only just, thankfully, it has stopped because we've got a photography workshop here today. Um, and Clive turned up this morning and was like, is this going to stop? And I said, I think so. But yeah, we've had... Um, We've had a real soak in the last couple of days. Um, we've obviously, I was actually down in, in Fuller's Mill a couple of weeks ago in Suffolk. And I mean, it really is parched on your way compared to us. Even mm. when we didn't have the rain, it was, it was like the savannah driving through parts of Suffolk. <laughs> um, and as, we, as I drove back up the A1, um, it got greener and greener. So we've definitely, and not as warm and dry, um, but yeah, we've had we've had a proper dousing, and then it's and the really fine rain that completely soaks it through. So we are back to, and we managed to keep the garden well watered with it being so small and um, and having a borehole. So yeah, fingers crossed. We we've we weathered the storm. Um, hope you get some rain soon. Yeah, <laughs> rip half my plants out and just replace them with desert plants because it's getting that way in Cambridgeshire. Well, there's a thought there. Yeah, well, I mean, I would be inspired after finally getting to come and see York Gate and how wonderful it is and that fantastic sand bed that you have near the cafe area. Um, so much inspiration. People can go and read that in one of our recent newsletters. And um, and of course, hear more about York Gate in your first ever appearance on the podcast. But today, I think not only talking about York Gate, but a new very exciting venture in your life because actually by the time people are watching this you won't have many hours at York Gate left. No um, I suppose I'm making the mad jump of, um, of giving up lots of security in a lovely garden and um, starting afresh um, so I'm setting up well me and Pat and Laura were setting up cliff, re-establishing re Cliff Bank Nursery which is about seven miles from here between Harrogate and Leeds um, and yeah we, I just want to grow up I've realised over the last five years how much I love growing plants and propagating plants um, and exploring and growing new things and trialling. And, and I've, I've built up enough knowledge and contacts now to actually fledge the, fledge the gardening nest and, <laughs> and go it alone, um, which is a big, it's a big step and it's a big challenge. And um, yeah, I mean, I like a challenge as well. I think it's, 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 it's great and we're absolutely loving every minute of it. Um, I know you pop down to see it a few few weeks back and it really is a blank canvas. Um, big, well, you've done so much already though. I mean, I was astonished at the amount you'd cleared and your vision for the place, which is what, seven acres? It's just over seven and a half acres and four of that is woodland. Um, and the woodland, I say woodland in a very loose term, it's more a collection of untidy trees. <laughs> but um, 
we're going to leave that for, for till next winter because it's it's sort of overwhelming the whole site and we're going to focus on the the area that we're cultivating which um to give you a bit of backstory there was a in fact the chap that that ran it for many years joe maiden he had a he had a radio show for 40 years on radio leeds so sort of the similar role alan does in norfolk um veg gardener and he had the nursery up to about eight years ago and unfortunately he passed away um, but he was he grew sweet peas um, that was a lovely sweet pea named after his wife betty um, betty maiden um, i think it was a lovely um i think it was an exhibit at chelsea one year and bob geldof said that betty smelled wonderful <laughs> and that was a bit of a that was a, a, bit, a big thing at the time but yeah so so there's a bit of history there everybody knows where the site is he grew sweet peas he grew he sold seed potatoes, he had a great veg garden. Um, so there's a bit of a legacy there. Um, and he was grow with Joe. Um, and there's a lot of links, actually. Um, he spent a lot of time at York Gate. Um, he's got a book called Grow with Joe that he published 15 years ago. Um, and you open it up and it's pictures of York Gate, of, of Cliff Bank, the site, and at Golden Acre, which I've got a little bit, I've got a plant that I actually saw at Golden Acre in, in for later. So yeah, a lot of history there. And anyway, um, but it has gone to rack and you know, it's not been cultivated for a long time. Lots of perennial weeds, there's horsetails, creepy thistle, bindweed. Um, and we've got yeah. Oh, three of my favourites. Yeah, all the best, all the best things. Do you know what they didn't they didn't bat an eyelid with the lovely drought either? <laughs> um, it tells you something. Um, it does. So, so yeah, so we're clearing. Um, we've got six wonderful piggies uh, to clear the land a few weeks ago, which are aptly named after the, the real royal family from Manchester, the sitcom Jim, Barbara, Dave, Denise, Twiggy and Cheryl. Um, Barbara's a bit of a biter, it turns out. Um, oh, she, uh, she bit one of my mates at the weekend and drew blood, so that was quite funny. It was a mate that I wanted to be bitten as well, so it's quite good. Um, but they're... Um, They've actually, they've added so much character to the site um, and we spend time with them. They've become very affectionate already. They, they're all in, it's, it's integral to the, what we want to do. It's about the woodland management. It's about the clearing of the land. You know, we're going to have chicken. You know, there's going to be a little bit of the good life as well. It's going to be York Gate meets for a cottage room. And actually, it's just about stripping it back and doing something that I want to do and exactly how I want to do it. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but um, I'm going to grow the plants that I, I like. You know, plants will only be sold that I like. We're going to do workshops, um, but it's going to be about the experience of coming to Cliffbank, and and there'll be you know there'll be a kettle and there'll be a mate's up a cup of tea sign rather than a cafe. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's it's really exciting. We're absolutely you know people have been overwhelmingly generous with the knowledge and equipment, and um, you know you only need to go to the shows this year and see how fewer trade nurseries there are at a lot of the shows mm-hmm. and, the, and the plant fairs. So I think it's a great time to be to be setting up, and I'm still. In fact, I'm actually I'm going to be gardening one day a week in a private garden from a few weeks' time, um, just to keep my, my hand in. Lucky a lovely then. private garden. I'm going to be just doing the borders and and, and that. So yeah, so it's it's great. Um, obviously, I'm going to miss you, Bob Gate, um, and the wonderful team and all the people and what we've achieved over the last few years um, and seeing it sort of settle in a little bit. Um, yeah, I'm a man that likes a challenge and I like it in the deep end, so I thought I'd jump back in the deep end. <laughs> and, and we featured Jack Og on this podcast, so people can go and if they missed it, definitely watch his episode. It was full of extraordinary plants. So the planty side of York Gate, definitely in safe hands with him and the lovely Mark as well. So it's not like it's going to be left floundering by any stretch. No, we've, we've actually, it's been, 
I, I, gave, I mean, I, have, I gave six months notice to make sure that it was a, a big transitional period and we could get everything, get everything right. But yeah, Jack's taking over as, as obviously the head garden. And he's, um, I mean, expect more of the weird and wonderful. Um, he's a great plantsman and he's a real live way. He's a, he's a comedian, really. Um, so I expect a lot of fun and a lot of more wonderful plants. And, and he's got his own ideas of what I think is going to super bloom the sand. And um, he's got his own ideas. So we've really worked together over the past sort of five years and, and he's going to take on the month, which is great because it's, you know, bring a new head gardener into a garden with new philosophies and new thoughts. Um, it can it completely changes everything. Um, and obviously, Jack will have his ways of doing things. But fundamentally, what we've done together for the past five years is going to carry on. And um, yeah, I think it, I mean, it's very exciting for him as well. When I came and had a little look at the site um, at Cliff Bank, there were already little clusters of plants kind of growing these these pots um the start of the planty side of the nursery actually you very kindly gifted me a dianthus i know you really love which i've gone and put in a happy part of my garden and it yeah makes me full of joy whenever i see it and think of um, my lovely trip up to harrogate and leeds and york gate and so do you immediately like when you set about doing this nursery were there plants you thought right they are first on the list they are the ones i want to grow and sell absolutely i think they're probably the ones with the most nostalgia, to be honest. Um, the plants that I've loved and been given by gardeners or friends um, and have generally got a bit of a story to them, and they were like, you know, some of them are people that people might not like, but um, it's about the, pe- it's the people and the plant connection that I really, really admire and love. Um, I mean, Alan knows this from receiving plants and giving plants and like the actual selling that you've got growing up. East Ruston, um, but things the dianthus that you're talking about, Elizabethan pink. I mean, that's just you know, I went I went to Jimmy Blake's 2019, um, and it was growing just as you come into the garden, it was growing over the wall. He couldn't even remember the name of it. I said, Oh, but it's the best dianthus. So I, t- I took some cuttings, back just some little pipings, and they went in a Sainsbury's carrier bag a load with a load of other cuttings, all sorts of stuff. And yeah, they were in, they were in the back of the car for five days. <laughs> just with a Sainsbury's carry bag with a knot tied on the top of it they're the um, best kind Ben best kind <laughs> yeah. so we come back from Ireland and then got in the potting shed root anyway they all root, near about nearly everything rooted that we had in this bag anyway this wonderful Dianthus Elizabethan pink been in cultivation since 1700 um, and it's just the most amazing it's sort of white with a with a dark purple centre. It doesn't flower for a massive amount of time, but the flower is, you know, it's just the most beautiful plant. Um, and it's quite, quite lax habits, so it wants to be grown in a little trough or a pot. Um, and then and then Derry came. Um, Derry Watkins came, I don't know, where it was a few, few months ago to the garden. She'd, um, she actually made, she was going to the, the Hepworth and then she rang me and said, oh, I'm coming to York Gate in 20 minutes. I was like, ah. Oh. Cool, right, all right, see you in a minute. Um, <laughs> and we were walking around and we saw the dianthus and it turned out that she'd given Jimmy the plant ah. some years before and that she'd not no longer had it. And she said, ah, oh, I can have it. So I gave, I gave her the plant back. So it'd gone full circle. So Derry gave it to Jimmy and then, and then I, I gave it back to Derry. So anyway, so, and now I've given one thought. And it's a wonderful, wonderful plant and very, very easy to take. Look, the little sort of dianthus pipings, as they're called, um, which are just sort of, you literally pull the, the tips, the unflowered tips out and, and they root readily. Um, so that'll be for sale next year in the nursery. I think yeah, that tale that you just told it illustrates, we can all relate to that, 
as gardeners that we've all had something, lost it, given it away, but we got it back because we gave it away. So, I mean, you know, it, it, it relates to a hell of a lot of people, I think. And I love the idea that you just said, Dianthus, Dianthus Elizabethan pink doesn't flower for that long. There are not many plants that do flower for that long if you analyse it. I mean, I know there's a plants like geranium rosanne, which starts in July and goes right the way through to October. Um, there's one or two like that. But most border plants, they have a set season. They do, not yeah. Green. No, you're right. I think um, it's because we do we thirst for plants that flower and flower and flower. I've got a few that flower for quite a long time. But, yeah, you're right. I think it's picking that. Picking that season, and and I think the other thing about setting up a nursery is, you know, as much as we all plan in our, well, try to plan in advance, we like to buy things in flower, and actually yeah. picking. And I've spoke to various nurserymen, and you know, most people buy plants in April, May, and June. April, May, and June are the busiest, especially April and May, the busiest months of the year. So it, it makes sense to have a good amount of plants that look good in April and May. Yeah, um, and then you can have things to fill later on, and and. So we're building up a plant list that's not just, you know, it's got to be clever as well. I'm not going to have a thousands of plants in the plant list. I want to grow, you know, four or 500 that are really good plants rather than growing yeah. 2,000 plants that I'm growing them for the sake of it. Yeah, but how many geraniums do you need? Exactly. Well, it's inter- geraniums is a really interesting one because me and Michael sat down and we're saying, I'm not going to grow many geraniums. And I was thinking, no, I like that one. No, I like that one. No, I like this one. <laughs> um, but I mean, talking to James, I've loved, I've not got one because um, I wasn't going to dig it. You've just reminded me of it. Blasovianum Lackwick Star is definitely going to be on my list. Yeah. Um, wonderful. I went to East Lambrook, I don't know, three or four years ago. They grow lots of geraniums and that's their standout geranium. Um, Blasovianum, it's a weird spell, it's, it's W-V, uh, Blasovianum Lackwick Star. Um, and it's got a lovely purple flower, but grow it more for its emerging foliage and its autumn colour. Yeah, um, you don't have to cut it back. Um, wonderful orange sort of tinge to the leaves, which you don't get with a lot of geranium. You just mentioned two things there: emergent foliage and the autumn colour, both of which are at the start and the back end of the year. Perfect. A lot of people, yeah, a lot of people are not going to realise that, but I mean that plant gives you three seasons of interest. Absolutely, yeah. It, it just keeps giving, um, and it's good. And I think plants like that are ones that, yeah, are they're the ones that will make the cut. Yeah. And, um, and the end things that, I mean, I love, I love tiny monster. I love Dillis. You know, I'm probably going to choose one. I'm not going to, I'm not going to grow both. I'm going to, I'm going to try and narrow it down. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's interesting. Yeah. You've got more discipline than I have. That's well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know whether he has or not. So this. <laughs> yeah. Only, is everything except temptation. Yeah. <laughs> Only time will tell. We'll, well see. It, is so exciting and of course if people want to follow the cliff bank adventure you are being really good on instagram posting videos and little updates and i know laura your other half is um is kind of keen on on keeping everybody updated on there and filming you and you're very good at it so people need to follow (laughs) you got the scythe out the other month you were there you were scything pole dark style well not quite (laughs) yeah not quite a bit more a bit more ginger and a bit round around the middle um um, but yeah, no, the scythings are really, in fact, that's something, I mean, there's going to be no strimmers at Cliffbank. We know lawns either for that matter, but um, yeah, I mean, I love scything. I think it's a really useful, um, I mean, that little video I put up, I was doing docks and the same technique can be used for rambles and things, but I think 
you know, some, some modern machinery is very good and makes the job much quicker. Um, I don't believe a strimmer is one of them things. Um, if you can use a scythe correctly and keep it in, in sharp and, and get the technique right, I can scythe quick and I can strip. Um, and that's not, that's not me being all bravado, like you know, the people much slighter and not nowhere near as physically, physically strong as I am. Um, that are great with sides. You see little old ladies in Romania that are in their 80s using sides. Um, and it's not about the pace. And it's easy to collect, you know, strimmers smash it all to bits and it goes everywhere. Getting it clean cut with the side and collecting it all in one. And I just love the process of it as well. It's, it's such a, a great thing. And people just. Is this a therapeutic process, I think? And the key to scything, I always think, is keeping your blade sharp. I mean, I remember grandfather scything, and he would do three or four slashes with the side, sharp and sharp and sharp. You know, not, not great, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, that kind of thing. And I think still today, some of our churchyards are scythed at the end of the summer. Um, yeah, they are. I think it's. I think it's. It's becoming a lot of the the, the older crafts have become more popular again. There's a good yeah. movement. Um, I got taught by the wonderful Steve Tomlin. He's over at Manchester now, um, and he's really you know perfected his technique. And you know, it's a, it's an art. It's an art watching him. It's, um, it's an art scything. It is an art. Yeah, and it's and it's something that I, we want to pass on and share and and yeah. show that it's not you know it, it's not as difficult as it as it might look. Yeah, um, but yeah, so things like that, um, and you know, fence building with the woven hazel, like we've done at York Gate, all these things are going to build up the the aesthetic that we want, and it's going to be a bit more, I suppose, wholesome and bit the full package, and, and getting back into growing veg, you know, um, yeah, something that me and Laura have really tackled. You know, Laura, she's quickly becoming a gardener. We're doing, you know, we're doing the veg garden together. We're getting a little polytunnel that we'll be growing right through the year, and. It's, it's great and it's something that we can do together that's not, you know, the nursery is going to be my, you know, it's going to be my sort of income and work um, and we're going to do the veg garden together as sort of, as a, as a, as still as a hobby. Um, whether they've all this plays out, as, as, I, as I say, we, we, is another thing <laughs> altogether. But, um, yeah. Also be careful because when people like me come to visit, we will not want to leave. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, um, I think that's the last thing, having a spare room and having people come and stay and um, having an open door policy is really... Is what we want. Um, we want as many people to come. You know, it's like when we could, went to stay with Alan and had that lovely. You know, you remember that. You remember these things for for a long time, and yeah. it becomes really. It's really special, and you can t talk about the memories. And I think that's what we want. That's what we're trying to create. We want to create something where people really remember coming, and then they'll take a couple. Of, you know, I don't want people to take carloads of plants. We'll take a few plants and come on a course and come and stay. And yeah, it's all about that lovely feeling that you get when you come away satisfied and inspired by somebody else's garden so I'm so excited for it I mean I wouldn't want to leave and I only came when it was you know still mud and weed. a lot of weeds yeah. <laughs> yeah but that's so nice to have seen that because you've got you've got the before and you've got the after to look forward to yeah I am very much looking forward to it I mean talking about getting satisfied and inspired that is that is what this podcast is all about as well. Without visiting a garden, we just get the planty side of things. Um, and I can see people have been taunted through this bit of the conversation by all these little flowers, these little spikes yes. of plants peeping behind you over your shoulder. You've got a supporting cast. So show and tell feels imminent. Where would, you, where would you like to start? Right. Um, do you know what? I'm going to, I've gone a bit, there's a bit of a story behind some of these. Two plants in this. I'm going to start with here. I'm going to put the rose to one side. Right. This links locally. I went up to 
ashamedly, Golden Acre Park, which is just up the way, which is actually a council-run garden. They've got the um, they've got a few national collections. Are they have had in the past, largely hostas. Um, they've got Deutsches, one of the Lincoln Gardens. But anyway, they've got the what they call the speciality gardens there, and they've got the the National Daily Society have a plot. Um, and we went up, we only went up last autumn. I've lived here, I mean, I've lived around this area for a long time. I went there as a child, but the wonderful, wonderful. And these daily trials, and there's a lovely, you can, they have a little competition. And they've got all these dahlias lined out and there's a little slip of paper in a box. Um, and they are the people's favourite dahlia. And it's just the people walking through the park, popping there. Um, and this is the one that I chose. Um, so I've, I've grown it at Yorkgate this year. I've never seen it before. And it's a Hadrian summer wine. Um, and it's got lovely dark foliage, but hopefully this will do it justice. But it's a lovely, it's a simple sort of deep, deep pink purple with lovely, and it, it's just good foliage. It's got strong stems. Um, and, I, you know, and we had a lovely evening up there. It was a lovely summer's evening last sort of September, October. And um, and it was just a joy to come across this speciality garden. There were Chris Sands trials there and the daily trials. And this was the standout one for me. Um Really, really zingy. There was there's another one called Hadrian's Bubble Bubblegum that I've put in the border that's even more it's, it's sort of even more zingy. Um, <laughs> but this I think for me that's um been a really good standout daily for me this year. We've grown it's a it really in. classy single. It looks and obviously the videos don't always do justice, but a really strong kind of whiny pink. It's a very interesting thing to do, you know, because when you if you save your own dahlia seed, I do this every year. And I, I saved seed this year of one called Magenta Star, which is a, a variety from the National Dahlia Collection holders down in Devon or Cornwall, wherever they are. Um, and I, I think I potted up about, well, probably about 30 seedlings. But the, the ones that I picked out initially, I picked out because they've got good foliage. Um, it's a dark, a dark foliage variety. And they range in regular dahlia foliage to very ferny foliage, which is a, an attraction. Yeah. Um, first one has flowered. It was, the, it, I mean, magenta star is magenta. The yeah. first one that flowered was very, very pale pink. Because you never know what you're going to get. Because, I mean, they're, they're pollinated by nature, by the um, insects and things. So you never know what you're going to get. But it's, it's a fascinating thing to try. And, I mean, you know, if you can raise something like that daily, Hadrian summer wine. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, if you can raise something like that, just think how satisfying that is. It is. Do you know what? That was going to bring me on to the next one, which is a bit of a step back. Uh, where is it? There it is. I'm just gonna... <laughs> which I know we, I know you grow, um, and it leads me on to a few. I want to we've talked about this before on the podcast, but right in for another reason. Um, and this obviously is Dahlia murkia, which we did grow from seed, and you'll know. I mean, not that many people grow it. It's still, you know, amongst the plantsmen, plant world, people grow dahlia murkii, um, but it's not really, and you don't see it everywhere. And I've got no idea why. I got a pack of seeds, however, many years ago. Um, and last year, we collected lots of seed, um, and we grew the seeds germinate. I mean, you'll know this. You yeah. blink and they germinate. They, blink, they, they germinate in about 48 hours, the dahlia seeds. And these were sown on the, were sown on the nine, 19th of February, and we grew 150. Um, a few went in the garden. The ones that were already in the garden came back. Um, that's, it. Well, that's the one thing about murky eye. It's one of the hardiest dahlias there are. Hard, hard, hard as nails. I think it's interesting, I think down your way with it being a bit dry, they'll probably come up a bit earlier. You'll get an earliest, the earliest start. I don't know. 
Where was it? At Fuller's Mill, you know, their daily Mercury's that have been in for years were huge. Ours do tend to get nibbled with slugs a little bit when they first come out and they've got, they need a bit of protection. But we grew 150. They went to the nursery and they went, they went before they were really looking good in the garden. <laughs> they, they popped out a few flowers. I mean, it's like, it's like taking candy off a baby. And it's just <laughs> utterly, I mean, that's not the reason why we did it, obviously, but it's, um, it's such a, such a delicate thing. And you, again, you get variation. You get a paler pink, you get the darker pinks. Um, and obviously you get the white, which we'll come back to later. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's a wonderful plant. And again, you get that lovely furniture. You get a difference in foliage with the seed, yeah. but they're generally, they're a similar plant and they look great in boards. They look great in mass, on mass. They look great in pots. Um, we've actually got some tulip, some, we call them the tulip pots. They're tall, thin yeah. pots at the front. And we feed, we feed them pots. They, they don't get fed in the ground. And it's got um, salvia serapitose and it's got um, persicaria, purple fancy and, and chocolate cosmos. Anyway, they're absolutely massive. They get fed every week. Yeah. And I mean, and they went in as nine centimetre pots and they're just, they're billowing masses of pink flowers um, that have been fed. So if you do feed them, they do really... They get huge. So, yeah, really, really cool plant. One of my, it's probably my favourite, it's still my favourite dahlia is, is dahlia mercury. It's got a really almost luminous quality to, to the yeah, flower. They are beautiful. And it's funny you said about the them for sale because they were looking fabulous in the York Gate Nursery. And it was funny, I spent so long in the garden with you when I came to visit that the nursery closed and I missed out on buying anything. So I came back. Um, two days later, just before we came home, on en route back to Cambridge, I nipped in and bought a couple of plants and I was so tempted to buy it. But I was like, no, I must grow it from seed. I'm not allowed to buy this plant. So I did manage to resist, but they were looking cracking. Well, you can have some seed. <laughs> I'm glad I mentioned that. There we go. That was oh, there you I'll, go. Tell you, I'll tell you something. I'll, 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 do, I'll do better than that because you've got to come up here and pick up your birthday present. You might find a Dahlia Mercii sitting in a pot next to it for you. How's that? Great. I've got people competing to give me Dahlia. This is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> That's a birthday you. present in itself. <laughs> um, no, wonderful, wonderful Dahlia. Um, oh, you look poised to present something else. I am. You're all right. Right. So this, um, I'm not. A, I'm not a massive rose. I don't grow lots of roses. We don't grow lots here. Um, I like, again, I'm. I'm more drawn to the single flowers, um, yeah, and also you know Moisei and Glauca and species ones. Um, but this is this is another thing. This is a single, and it looks fairly standard. Um, the reason why I'm showing this, um, it is, and it's a pure white um, repeat repeat flowers. It's from a German. I can't remember the name of the nursery. It's called Eskimo. It's a bugger to get hold of since um, since we left the EU. But it's from, I found out where it's from, and I'm, I'm going to be getting some bare root this winter. The foliage, this year, I'm going to take a leaf off. Absolutely. Window tree to anything. It is blemishless the whole year. It is the most disease resistant, perfect, nice scent, single flower, repeat flowering, perfect foliage, gets to about two and a half foot, lovely shape. It just keeps on giving and giving and giving. And it starts flowering in May and it goes till November. And just keeps popping out these things. You can see the spent spent buds there and the ones coming. It just keeps on going. And the healthiest of rows I've ever seen, and we don't do anything to it, we don't feed it, we just cut it back. 
in in February, uh, January, February, and 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 then just let it go again. But it's such a good deal. So that's es- Eskimo. Lovely. Yeah, um, absolutely wonderful. And I think increasingly, I do I do like a rose or two. I like a blousy cottage garden rose. But things like um, is it Shropshire Lad? so healthy and such lovely ready new foliage and it just does my head in when you have horrible black spotted foliage all over your roses I kind of feel like all those ones just need to go and the healthy ones are allowed in particularly in a small exactly what happened in our rose garden <laughs> it did because I just got I mean the rose garden basically is too hot was too hot and I was digging out roses and two ladies came past and said what are you doing I said I'm digging them out well where are you going to put those I said on the bonfire and she <laughs> they went crazy they thought I'd gone mad and they came back later saying, can we take them away with us, please? Um, and well, I, I was glad to see the back of them because <laughs> lots of modern roses are a beautiful flower on the most ugly plant. And what Ben has just demonstrated there with that foliage on Eskimo is, is what we want. It's fantastic. And, you know, we don't need all these big, blousy, bright red, shocking pinks and Schiaparelli screaming <laughs> coloured roses. We just want a simple plant that looks nice. Absolutely. I think that's, I mean, again, you know, we're all drawn to different colours and different shapes and things and the, and the, the singles and the subtle ones are, are, are what draw me. But yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. I think good foliage is an absolute must and um, this is the one. If you can get hold of it, good luck. If not, come see me and you can buy one. <laughs> um, right, I'm going to, um, so this is a bit, it's, it's not the best specimen, but I, I can't remember which, podcast it was where where, where this is this is a plant this is one of my flomos that is has now been purchased um <laughs> Flomo and, no more it's happening <laughs> I and I, to be quite honest with you i don't know why it's not more readily available it's mullenbeckia ashtonii and there's a lovely specimen of it at pan global when you go into the nursery just to the right of the door there's a wonderful specimen there in a big pot that's got a label in it's never got it for sale and it just you know Teases you every time you go in. Really good plant. And, um, you know, I had a brainwave on that. And I, I text Jack and I said, Jack, just, just message Deb's Edney and see if she's got this plant, that ivy hatch plant. Um, and she did. She had a couple of plants. Uh, and he said, oh, I'll have one and you can have one. I thought, cheeky bugger, I want both. But uh, <laughs> anyway, this is actually, this is Jack. Mine's at home. This is Jack. So we've got, we've both got it. But in when I was, obviously spent time, a lot of time in New Zealand, this plant's used heavily over there. Um, and you can clip it. Um, and they use it, there's a garden outside of Christchurch where they've they've recreated a sort of like a traditional herbaceous border, but it's not herbaceous border in in plants, but in, in the style like the 17 foot deep, double border, long grass strip down the middle. And they've just used native plants. Um, and they clip this heavily into all sorts of shapes. Um, and it's got, it's a bit like... Um, it's a bit like a karaokea in the way it grows on the zigzag. I thought it was a karaokea when you first produced um, it. Yeah, and it, it's got like that lovely foliage of of, of like the Mullenbeckia, the rampant climber. But this, it's not quick growing. It's a lovely, lovely specimen shrub. I mean, the karaokeas as far as can get massive, can't they? I know you get the little yeah. ones. This, this is a plant I've been after for years, and now I need to work out how to propagate because I've got one little plant. I think it'll, I think it'll go from hardwood cuttings but we will see um but yeah so this is a plant that i really really admire obviously this is a little plant at the minute and it, it's not doing it justice um it's got a tiny leaf um zigzaggy stems they call it the wiggy wiggy wig wiggy wig bush i think it's common common <laughs> i think 
I mean, why would you not want a plant that's called the Wiggy Wig Bush? Um, I want it for the name. You want it for the name, the Wiggy Wig Bush. So yeah, so that's um, so yeah, so I'm really chuffed I've got that, and um, it's in a litre pot, and um, yeah, hopefully it'll have many happy years growing, um, growing at Cliffbank and well, one at York Gate, one at Cliffbank. Hey, Fordis here. Just to say thank you so much for listening to Talking Dirty. You are now officially our favourite person. If you really liked it, please do subscribe because we'll be back for more plant-loving mayhem next week. And as you're our new favourite person, we don't want you to miss out. If you've got a question for Alan and the experts, you can email it to hello at getgardeningnow.co.uk. So happy gardening and we'll see you, oh favourite person, next time.